And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to a rather sombre edition of Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Ezra Peregrine. And coming up on today's show... Uh, Monkeypox. Probably the hottest topic in the LGBTQI plus community right now, other than Her Majesty's passing. Um, we got loads more info on that for you. And Groove, it's a show, and we'll be chatting to Fraser about it. Uh, plus a little bit of Trump. No, not that one. Um, all that and more coming today, right here on Shoutout. <laughs> so a bit, bit, bit of summer one this week. Hello, Terry. I, th- I think he's there. He's certainly up. He's muted himself. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Terry is here, listeners. Well, he's virtually yes, here. He's yeah, he's, he's dialed oh, in. There yes. he is. Hello. So, um, so firstly, apologies for last week. I'm sure you can understand. Um, um, obviously, with the passing of Her Majesty the Queen, um, we had to enact what's known as uh, Obit One, which is an Ofcom rule that means more um, mm. stations stop output and um, go across to uh, uh, things like the news and mm. um, play some of the music. And uh, for, for those of you that were huge fans of Her Majesty, it's a sad, sad loss for. Um, the country and the like and even if you're not a fan of her obviously don't forget she was a mother and a grandmother and a great-grandmother and a husband yes. and yeah. and all sorts absolutely so, yeah sad, sad I know, i've got a lot of friends on the way to london now actually to, oh really yeah go and go and um pay their respects mm. uh, the, the queue is huge absolutely Four massive long, yeah, yeah is it yeah okay um, um to the point um i think if you're you're not there in the next like 12, 18 hours, I, mm. I, I would say you may miss the cut-off point because they're, they're having to stop people joining the line at certain mm. points so everyone can get past. Yeah, yeah. the queue was, um, even overnight, was six hours. Wow. Overnight. <clears throat> Gosh. Mm. When you say pay uh, their respects, do you mean... Could you explain that a little bit more to me? What is it that they're actually... Well, um, she, she's... It's called... Um, she's lying in state. Lying in state, right, yeah. Yes, so the, in, in short, the coffin okay. is out and um, you can queue and you get to walk okay, past and yeah. show your respects. Pay, pay your respects, I think yeah. that's it, don't they? So, it's yeah. not something that... Um, so the obit or the... the obit one. Yeah, that, mm. that's not something I had any understanding of until this. So it's um, been a real sort of learning journey for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, we had an obit too when Prince Philip died. Yeah. I wasn't doing... I don't think I... Was I doing radio then? I think so, yeah. 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 Ah, so it's a okay. similar so, yeah, thing where, um, yeah. just, where stations this and TV stations seems different pay because it's the Queen. It's much Well, it's yes. always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why they have the scales. So yeah. Obit is the protocol, and then okay. you have one, two, and three, I think. Um, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Terry. I'm, I think you know more about this than I do. Um, but um, yeah, obviously, the Queen is the head of state. So mm. it's an Obit one uh, for the Queen, which literally is stop yeah. your broadcasting and um, await further instructions, okay. kind of thing. So, yeah. And I won't lie, we. we we kind of had a bit of an inkling before but I was really surprised because it was yes. literally a couple of days before and yeah. she was um, she um, met Liz Trust didn't yeah. she yeah I know. she did and do you know yeah, that photo of her yeah. that was that was uh, captured it was a very beautiful oh, lovely. photo lovely I've always she thought she's, she's always taken nice photos yes she looked genuinely happy yeah um, and I like the fact moving. that there was lots of um, celebration of the fun things and yeah. the laugh she'd given us so. I watched a video of her and um, her 
her grandson, Prince Harry, the other day, um, where he was making her laugh. It's quite recent. It's only about two years ago. And it was about the Inviscus Games. um, And Obama, uh, one of Obama's staff did a a mic drop, you know, a pretend (laughs) mic drop. And her reaction was just splendid. I'm not going to ruin it. It's about 10 seconds long. If if you want to look at some lovely footage, there's there's so much, but some lovely, happy footage of the Queen with her family. Anyway, um, it's a very packed show, so I'm going to move on very, very quickly. Sorry to butt in there, Steph. I could see you about to say something. But um, um, obviously, uh, we're going to try and bring you some of the content that we've been mm-hmm. uh, from last week, and we've got a bit more this week. So it's a very packed it show. It is. Um, obviously, because we're still in Obit 1, um, it's a little bit more sombre than uh, we normally would mm. do. So, um, um, But as I say, our condolences to uh, the royal family and, of course, to uh, the rest of um, the UK, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're um, a, a big fan of yeah, uh, the absolutely. Queen Mother. Uh, the, the Queen, sorry. So, Anyway, uh, another serious subject now is that of monkeypox that we've been inundated with people um, asking lots and lots of information about. So um, Steph managed to catch up with Julie Northcott from Bristol Public Health. Uh, Have a listen to this. I know we did on the show a few weeks back uh, about monkeypox, but we've got Julie Northcott um, with us now. Okay, now let's go back to the start of of monkeypox and um, just give me a bit of history, uh, where it came from, how it spread. Okay, so firstly, I'll just tell you what monkeypox is. Monkeypox is an infectious disease. It's uh, due to the infection with the monkeypox virus. So it's a viral infection. It's commonly found in West Africa, but we have seen recently, um, over the last few weeks, uh, an increase of cases within the UK. Though the risk of catching this disease still remains relatively low. Okay, so um, so that's obviously people travelling internationally. We had the same problems with COVID and anything else that decides to hop on a plane and get a free lift. Tell me about this country now. Is it still spreading? What we're seeing, um, the United Kingdom Health Security Agency, UKHSA, um, provide all the surveillance and look at what is happening across the country. And what we've seen up until sometime last week, middle of last week, was 3,191 cases. What is good news at the moment, though, is those cases do not seem to be increasing at the rate they were a few weeks ago. So it seems to have stabilised a little. Okay. How easy is it to actually pass on? Because there's a lot of stories out there about different ways. um, And I guess the gay community are taking a hit at the moment due to prejudice and and hatred. Um, Just give me the facts. Okay. The facts are that monkeypox can be caught by anybody. It is not a sexually transmitted infection. However, it does require close physical contact with somebody who has the monkeypox virus themselves. So that can be through kissing, through sexual intercourse, through skin-to-skin contact, but also things like sharing towels, clothing and bed linen. Or if somebody is already infected and they cough or they sneeze close to you. So it is not um, any particular sexual orientation that this infection affects. It's through those interactions. Okay. We are, you're right, saying it is within the gay, bisexual men and men who have sex with men that are predominantly uh, where we're seeing cases. Okay. So you haven't got to be frightened of hugging someone. It, it is very difficult, I guess, to pass on through somebody hugging or shaking hands. And... Yeah, it's skin to skin contact. So close proximity. Does it transfer very easily from person to person or has it got to be sustained contact? 
I would say it's a reasonable amount of contact. Um, having close contact with somebody. So we're not seeing, you're not likely to catch it if you're sitting next to somebody on the bus or having a coffee with somebody. It's at close contact. Okay. Okay. Right. Now, what is available at the moment? Now, we know there was a bit of a problem with vaccinations. The, the, I think the UK actually ran out at one point, but is that starting to improve now? So we have had vaccinations provided within the UK and particularly across Bristol, North Somerset and South Gloucestershire. And we have had a really good uptake of those vaccinations. Those vaccinations, there is still a, a delay in some of the supply and they are being prioritised for those, rightly so, most at risk. So those individuals that are identified as having been a close contact with somebody that has currently got some, uh, monkeypox, or, um, and people will be called by the sexual health service as more stock becomes available. So I think that the key message is you will be called for a vaccination if you're eligible and as soon as those supplies are made available to us. So people don't have to get in touch with their, their doctor as a first port of call? Anybody that has any signs or symptoms of monkeypox should be making contact with a health professional. So if you have had um, within five to 21 days of having contact with somebody that has had monkeypox, if you are going to then develop the symptoms, those symptoms are fever, exhaustion, headaches and muscle aches, swollen glands and joint pain. And between one and five days after those initial symptoms, you're likely to develop that rash. And that's a rash or lesions, often beginning on the face and then other parts of the body, including the mouth and genitals. And at that point, if you've got any of those symptoms, I would really strongly encourage you to contact your local sexual health service. Okay. Now, some of those are identical to, to COVID. Um, now, there's obviously tests that you can do to see if you've got COVID or not. Is there anything similar out there at the moment for monkeypox? That would be through your sexual health service. They would take swabs and um, send them off to the laboratory to get tested. Okay, so you have to go in somewhere. You can't go to a chemist and pick a, a, a test no. kit up. No, okay. okay. Um, so people can go to their, their health clinic, their doctors. And like you said, there is a bit of a holdup at the moment. Is that expected to be very long? We've been advised that the supply of um, further vaccinations will be made available during September. Okay, okay. Julie, I think we've got all the information we need and you've given us the facts. So that means anyone out there listening to stories or reading stuff on Facebook, don't do it. Just listen to the professionals that, that we talk to and get the facts. Um, Julie, if people want more information, social media and website, please. So if you are displaying the symptoms of monkeypox, please call the NHS 111 or your sexual, local sexual health clinic. If you live in Bristol, North Somerset or South Gloucestershire and you're displaying symptoms of monkeypox, then you can call Unity Sexual Health Helpline on 0117 342 6965. And if you want more information and guidance on monkeypox, you can visit the Unity Sexual Health website on www.unitysexualhealth.co.uk. Julie Northcott, thank you so much for joining us and uh, helping us understand monkeypox a lot better. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Check.
shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, that is um, The weekend in Ariana Grande Absolutely love that, that. Is, uh, sexy It's titties. beautiful It's yeah. haunting isn't it Yeah one? it is Really yeah. good pop song. I think she's mm. lovely Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of The weekend. Oh so. yeah me too yeah. Yeah. yeah I just Yeah Absolute talent that man Isn't yeah, it Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, those two together I mean what, yeah. what Well it talent. doesn't matter Who he partners with He just creates a hit Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. so talented Well she's married So he can't partner with her so Musically, <laughs> um, anyway, um, Trump, not the kind, not the one no, that. And you've got to pronounce it in a French way, Andy. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> Trump, Trump, Louis. Trump, Louis. So the eye of the eye of Trump, yeah. very surreal theatre piece, and. Um, yeah, um, just listen to this. It's uh, quite off the wall what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Right, shout outs at the theatre again. And we love going to the theatre on, on this show. And I'm with Ollie Savage. Now, Ollie, you've got something really off the wall and special, haven't you? Yeah, now, yeah, we do. It's <laughs> Trump Luil. Is that right? The the I? Uh, I I believe I am no I'm no French expert, but I believe it's pronounced Trump Loy. Louis, okay. Trump Loy, yes. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> Any French listeners will be thanking you for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know what they'll think of my pronunciation. <laughs> okay. But it means the Trump, the I. Now, so tell me a bit about that. The the backstory. And it originally came from the states. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So our fantastic writer Henry Biggs uh, is is originally from the USA, currently living in France. Um, and the idea, so Trombloy is a is kind of a surrealist art tradition. It's a, it's an art tradition uh, that's all about optical illusion. It's a lot about kind of perspective and how you can trick the eye. That's what it literally means to, to trick the eye um, into kind of seeing things that aren't necessarily there. Um, and so the the name of the show came about. Uh, Henry was looking at that kind of period in contemporary political history, at, you know, the Trump administration, and really seeing all these elements of deception of of surrealism, of bizarreness uh, that, that was so kind of in, inherent in that administration. Um, and so he, he, he thought, and I agree, that it's a really great marriage of kind of form and, and story. Um, so using this kind of surrealist approach, we're exploring that Trump rise and fall, um, bringing in elements as well of, of circus, of cabaret, of queer theatre, um, to hopefully uh, ex- explore those, explore that very surreal moment in political history, but also hopefully poke some fun and reclaim some power at, the, at a lot of people who were persecuted by that administration as well. Yeah. Now, um, you're the director, Ollie, and um, you've got um, an incredible backstory, haven't you? The, the actual theatre productions that you've, you've directed. Just give me some of those that are headlined. Yeah. Um, well, God, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say incredible, but... Um, well, I suppose the biggest part of my background is for the last four or five years, I've been running the Greenhouse Theatre. Um, the Greenhouse is the UK's first zero waste performance space. Um, and so I set that up in 2018, I think. So maybe, yeah, four or five years. Um, I set that up in 2018. Uh, and yeah, it's a pop-up and it was built uh, I, with a couple of other people. We designed the venue. Uh, we led the build on that venue. Um, and it's been to a few different places around the UK. Um and that's kind of been the main focus of my work over the last few years. And so through that company, I've directed an array of shows. Uh, most recently, I did a production of As You Like It with some original music that I wrote, which was fab, really good fun, um, through the greenhouse. Um, 
and also like more contemporary stuff, a lot of storytelling. My background really is in site-specific, in immersive theatre, in uh, theatre that uses spaces in slightly unusual ways. Um, and if you come and see Trompe you'll see, you know, we're working in Traverse. Um, I don't, and I was thinking about this the other day, I don't think I've ever actually made a show in a end on like a traditional proscenium arch kind of setup. Um, just, just by luck of the draw, it's just never, kind of hasn't ended up happening. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and that's and that's where we, and then that's you know through some friends I, I met Henry and uh, that's how I'm I'm here and working on this fantastic show today. Okay, now let's go way back. Not the year that old, sure. of course. <laughs> let's go back to your childhood. <laughs> Did you always have like acting in your blood? Were you always play acting and that and playing dress up? Yeah, from a I mean from a very very young age. Yeah, absolutely. Like I used I would do little shows for the family on, on Friday night for dinner. Um, I, I, I remember quite clearly when I was like maybe five or six, um, there was a new stagecoach that opened up in the, in the, um, just where my parents live. And my mum really, my mum was like, you're going to go to this. And I was like, I don't want to go. It sounds stupid. I hate it. I hate, I hate it. Drama's stupid. Um, and she was like, you're going and you, you just, you just go once. And if you hate it, then we don't have to go again. And I was like, you know, I don't want to go, but fine. And I went and I, you know, I loved that. I had a great time. Um, yeah. So your mum knew I you better than you did. Right? Yeah, very much so. Of course. Isn't that always the way? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and so that, you know, that, that was kind of what kicked me off. And I, I've been acting pretty consistent. I had been acting pretty consistently from that age until about 19. Um, at which point at uni, I picked up some, I picked up directing. I directed my first show um, and I realized to put it, to, to put it positively, I realized that I really enjoyed directing and it's something I think it's a place where my skill set kind of really comes into its own. I, I, to put it a bit more negatively, I think I'm a fine actor, but I don't think I'm a good enough actor to really, oh. you know, be, be successful with that. Um, and I, I do think directing was something that really fits my skill set. It involves really, you have to be a really great communicator to, I think, to direct. You've got to be able to speak in so many different languages to so many different people constantly. Um, and I think that kind of management, but with a creative eye is something that I really enjoy and mm. something that I think I'm, I'm quite good at. So that's kind of how I ended up in directing specifically. Mm. Do you still keep your hand in and do a bit of acting though? Um, I do a lot of storytelling still at the moment. So not quite acting, but um, performance storytelling, writing fairy tales. Uh, ah. I, I, yeah, I, I think I may be mentioned, but I, I'm from a creative perspective, I'm really interested in like myth, magic, storytelling mm. um, and how to create that sense of, a sense of togetherness on stage. And something that I found over the last few years is that the kind of ancient tradition of storytelling of one person having a story and relaying that to, to a group of people um, is such a fantastic way to build that myth, magic and togetherness. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's a tradition I really love. I, I was working with the Design Museum uh, about geez, probably about a year ago now, actually, um, time flies. Um, for example, on a, on a new commission, they commissioned me to write a, a three new kind of folk fairy tale things mm -hmm. um, that I would perform alongside one of their new exhibitions about waste in the design process. Um, and yeah, I just think I love it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so I, I keep my finger in that pie. <laughs> so you alluded to writing books. Um, are they available for people to buy? They're, they're only short stories and unfortunately they're not yet, but I am working towards a collection okay. at the moment um, ah. of kind of like 15 and they'll very much be fairy tales, not fairy tales for adults, not in the sense that they are adults, but just in the sense that they're, okay. everyone can read them. I love reading children's books. Well, you'll um, have to get in touch when they're out because we'd like yeah, to be on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will be. Yeah. 
Um, now the storytelling. How do how do you um, how do you do that? Do you go out to different venues? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I get I've, I've been approached a few times. More, more often than not, I get approached um, people kind of wanting to kind of put put together a commission, um, and so I get approached on a specific theme. As I mentioned, the, the one at the design museum was based around waste and and how we create waste in the design process and how we could reduce that. It was to go alongside one of their existing exhibitions, um, and yeah, people reach out and I'll I'll write a story that is relevant to you know that idea, and I'll come and I'll perform it. This this that commission was actually really fun because the budget was slightly bigger, and so I was able to I bought a uh, we're on the radio, so I can't show you, but I I, I bought a. <laughs> basically a guitar that was made out of a biscuit tin it's wow. like a guitar so it was all made from like recycled materials yeah. um and i wrote some music to kind of go alongside that one as well um uh, yeah there are three stories in that one of my favorite one was called the tin can man um and it's about this young briefly about this young boy who has this tin can that he really loves and everyone is like it's a piece of junk throw it away but he's like no i love it i can use it for so many different things and then some bullies steal it from him basically um and a couple of days later miraculously uh, this man turns up in town with this huge wagon and the wagon's full of all these hundreds and thousands of tin cans that are in the shapes of coffee that are used for coffee pots or like little toy trains or uh made into like musical instruments and that kind of thing um and and so the kind of the idea is that you know one man's treasure is another man's treasure and you can make something beautiful out of almost anything now tell me about the the dates of when the performance is on where it's available um website addresses and social media yeah so we actually recently opened the show began on the 7th wednesday the 7th of september and we're going until the uh i think sunday the 2nd of october okay. um we're upstairs at the gatehouse which is up in highgate um lots of buses or you can walk up from archway or highgate um and uh if you just search trump loy that's t-r-u-m-p space l apostrophe o-e-i-l i think <laughs> <laughs> on, social, on social media you'll be able to find us on instagram facebook and i believe twitter as well okay um, all they need yeah. to do is go and find out what the french is for i and yeah spelling and that's the spelling that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> ollie savage thank you so much for taking time out for shout out steph thank you so much for having me you're welcome cheers <laughs> Hi, this is Blue Eyed Ranger, and you're listening to Shout Out Radio. Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Sam Ryder and Spaceman. Uh, number two in the Eurovision Song Contest this year, but a lovely, lovely song. So, And as we know, um, Eurovision is coming to the UK next year. Yes, but we don't, don't know, know where. where. <laughs> well, we, we know, unfortunately, it's not going to be Bristol. Or oh, Cardiff. Do, do we know that? Yeah. Oh. Well, they didn't make it into the the, the kind of like final few oh, today. So, okay. rumour is, and a lot of people think it might be Scotland, but oh, okay, um, interesting. Yeah, so, we shall see. Any which way, it's going to be. We like, were just saying off air, weren't we? Sorry that I got excited. That he is very lovely and very very talented. He is very very talented and beautiful. So. And do we know who else is talented? I am. It's the lovely Terry <laughs> Star. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You know, just just, just ru- ruin it for Terry. You know, you take all the glory. Yeah, <laughs> I try to stay humble. No, you <laughs> can take the glory. That's fine. Uh, well, um, uh, let's get some new headlines. <laughs>
This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 15th of September. There was no shout-out last week due to the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Our team was at BCFM Community Radio in Bristol, our home station, as news broke, and we helped to put into place the protocols that saw all the national community radio stations across the UK suspend their normal programming as a mark of respect and mourning. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II was popular amongst a great many LGBTQIA people. Psychologists noted that many people have dreamed of the Queen as an archetype representing continuity and stability. Indeed, there is a Pet Shop Boys song on the 1993 album Very called Dreaming of the Queen. It reflects the view that regardless of people's individual opinions on hereditary monarchy, the Queen had touched many people on a very deep level. A number of LGBTQIA public figures paid tribute to the Queen. Elton John spoke for many when he said, along with the rest of the nation, I am deeply saddened to hear the news of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's passing. She was an inspiring presence to be around and led the country through some of our darkest and our greatest moments with grace, decency and a genuine caring warmth. Queen Elizabeth has been a huge part of my life from childhood to this day and I will miss her dearly. Check out our website in the coming days as we will look at other responses from LGBT plus people to the Queen's death. Dr Adrian James, the President of the Royal College of Psychiatrists, has put the Guardian's Sunday Observer newspaper in its place after it ran a letter from a gaggle of homophobic and transphobic doctors attacking the college's membership of the Stonewall Equality Index. The critics had falsely alleged that Stonewall had a nefarious influence over the psychiatric profession. The polarised debate on trans rights might not might have often prevented balanced discussion, but it has not stopped the college from advocating for trans and gender diverse people's right to mental health care, wrote Dr James. Dr James also referred to several public documents that showed how policy for the College of Psychiatrists is decided and how Stonewall is not involved in that decision-making process. Medway Pride Radio reports that irreparable damage was caused to the National Transgender Memorial which exists in Sackville Gardens in the heart of Manchester's gay village area around Canal Street. The damage was caused during the Manchester Pride weekend although it is not yet clear from press releases from LGBTQIA community groups who is responsible for the damage or whether it was orchestrated. As a consequence of the vandalism, the structure has become unsound and will need to be replaced. Trans charity Sparkle reported that they felt that Manchester Pride representatives failed to arrange adequate security for the memorial. BBC Radio Berkshire reports that at least 13,000 people took part in Reading Pride on Saturday the 3rd of September. Acts that performed at the King's Meadow Park included Girls Aloud singer Nadine Coyle, Mickey singer Lolly and RuPaul's Drag Race UK's Sum Ting Wong. Earlier in the day, a parade had marched through the town centre, both political but also highly celebratory. Pink News reports that in the UK, a tribunal will determine whether the controversial group LGB Alliance is fit to be considered a charity and to have status as such registered with the Charity Commission. The case against the organisation has been bought by trans youth organisation Mermaids and the Good Law Project. Pink News has published an extensive guide to the legal arguments in the case and they can be found via a link to our own website's newsfeed article. LGBTQIA news website Pink News has named the well-known religious extremist Stephen Green, who was revealed by the Daily Mail to have beaten his wife and who publishes anti-science, anti 
secular and anti-feminist weblogs as the originator of a vote of national trust members which seeks to stop the organisation having anything to do with pride events. Pink News researcher Lily Wakefield writes despite the organisation having almost 6 million members resolutions for its AGM to be held on the 5th of November can be put forward with the support of just 50. LGBTQIA advocates have long argued that anti-gay people are just thugs who are prone to violence even against the defenceless. Well, this week Pink News reports that a heterosexual male in his 20s has been arrested after two incidents of attacks on young people who were attending Great Yarmouth and Waveney Pride in Norfolk. A girl in her early teens was relig- uh, verbally assaulted with a man apparently using religious extremist arguments to justify his behaviour. Later on, a boy of just 13 sustained injuries after being beaten up. Police said he was attacked for expressing his solidarity and wearing a pride flag. And finally, the gay pagan blog of the cult of Antinous, an ancient Roman religion which deified the lover of Emperor Hadrian, notes that September the 3rd was observed as World Beard Day. One weblog on the subject suggests that as early as the 9th century, some tribes of Norse people reserved a day to celebrate the beard. But it has been subject to fluctuating fashions since antiquity. Greek men often sported beards during the heyday of their civilization, which frequently celebrated homoerotic relationships. In the Roman world, beards went in and out of fashion, with the aforementioned Hadrian as a man who sported a neatly trimmed beard. Today, many tribes of gay, bi and pansexual men sport beards as a symbol of masculinity. Not toxic straight masculinity, but a timeless, sensitive and emotionally intelligent queer masculinity. So, take pride, guys, in your beards. For these news stories and more, our website is updated every day. Do check out our web feed at shoutoutradio.lgbt. And for shoutout news this week, I've been Terry Starr. Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Uh, and apologies there for the odd dropout. I hope it um, didn't interrupt the stories for you. That's what happens when Terry's under the stairs, you see. Just... <laughs> Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Right, for the last few weeks, Shout Out seems to be going to the theatre quite often. And this one has got a great name. New production called Groove. And Fraser Buchanan joins us. Um, Hi, Fraser. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Right, before we get into how you came to get into this, tell us a bit of backstory about the production. Mm, So Groove is... Groove's kind of a piece of work that's been in the process for a couple of years before I came on board as a performer. Um, it really began with with Outbox, the, the theatre company that produced the show, and Ben, the director, wanting to kind of really start kind of thinking about how we can create more intergenerational um, conversations and relationships between LGBTQ plus people. And that started that started with conversations that started with some research and development um, with some of the other performers. It's also there was a um, a podcast episode which is on Spotify, which has a really lovely conversation between a few different queer people 
thinking about specifically their relationship to to dancing and nightlife and going out across different um <laughs> decades different places and all of that work over the last couple of years um that's kind of led to where we are today which is three weeks into rehearsals for the show sounds such a fun production it doesn't sound like work at all i know every day every day kind of starts usually with some kind of like warm-up i'm saying in in inverted commas that's just right. putting on a fun kind of queer dance playlist it's like yeah so just like find your find your groove together um, so yeah, how many of you are actually um in the cast so there's six of us in the cast all together okay okay so do you all play a single person or do you have to double up sometimes so the show is really it's kind of abstract in the way that we all we all kind of we all take on different um we take on different roles we go on different journeys um a lot of the material as well is quite um autobiographical um the process has been devised so it's not like a play that's written it's been the six of us in the room um creating together playing together having conversations talking about memories um and the cast the age gap is kind of between um goes from 22 to 72 so wow um, so many different life experiences um and cast members from all over the world um Razor, they, is, there, is there a script no so the we've been generating material the whole way through the process right um, and i'd actually say the show we're in week three now so we've got a couple weeks until we open and i'd say there's pretty much mainly movement and movement and dancing as opposed to lots of text which is really exciting for me um as a dancer yes yes indeed now let's take you back um growing up did you always know you wanted to be in theater or was it just an accident i there's a photograph of me when i was four years old and i'm dressed up in this like woody from toy story outfit and i've got <laughs> hand on my hip and then my other hand is like flicked out with my wrist kind of like popped out <laughs> the side so even though maybe consciously i might not have been like i know i want to do this i think all the signs were yeah. all the signs were there. um i was singing and dancing and um yeah i kind of got to secondary school age and had a had a real sort of turning point in confidence of yeah knowing that that was that was what i wanted to do um right. Yeah, had some really, I was really lucky to have some really incredible teachers and people that really sort of encouraged me and pushed me on, you know. How were your parents with uh, you growing up a, a little bit different or very theatrical? Honestly, I, I'm, I'm so, so lucky. Neither of my parents themselves are or were kind of theatrical or arty really, um, but they were always they were always just like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, we don't really understand it, but if you're happy, then great, go for it. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> yeah, we really, so even if they've at points didn't fully understand something or weren't ever like, there was never like a judgment or they're like, if you're happy, then we're happy. Mm. So you started doing theatre as soon as you could, I guess, as soon as you started school, you were volunteering. When I was 11, I did my first little school production and then, um, but then the dancing kind of came quite late, to be honest. So about 15 or 16, I I was like, oh, I'm actually, I think I'm 
kind of enjoying all this movement stuff. Um, and so, yeah, 15 or 16, I really started to take the dancing quite seriously. And um, I auditioned for um, the Rambert School of Ballet and Contemporary Dance when I was 19 um, and moved moved to London to train at Rambert. Um, and yeah, which was incredible. And then I've just been working as a, a freelance artist, as a dancer, producer um, ever since. Wow. How did you find um, the dancing school? Is it, I guess it was a passion, so you must have found it so lovely. It was amazing, but oh my God, it was so hard. Um, I'm My parents, I'm from quite a kind of like normal um, working class background in Southampton. Um, and my audition, I couldn't get my morning shift off from the Tesco Express that I worked in in Southampton High Street. And so on my audition, I arrived soaking wet because it was pouring rain at Rambert School, which is this really fancy Georgian building in Richmond, still in my Tesco uniform. Fraser, happy to help badge. And I like walked through this door and there's all these very like pristine, sort of quite posh looking ballet kind of 16, 17 year old boys in their like warm ups and everything. And there's just me with like soggy blonde hair in my Tesco uniform. <laughs> like, yep, I'm here. <laughs> How did that um, go? How did they respond to that? Um, do you know what? I think it was more it was more me projecting like, oh God, I don't really belong here. I don't really belong here. Um because people are just doing their own thing, you know. Um but it turned out all right in the end because I got offered a place. So <laughs> how lovely is that? How lovely is that? Yeah. Now, tell me a bit about more about the production. Uh, where is it taking place and uh, the time period? Yeah, we're really lucky. We've got a nice little run. So from the 20th of September to the 1st of October, we'll be at the Oxford House, which is a theatre in Bethnal Green. Um, and there's shows all the way through the week, matinees on Saturday. Um, and there's um, relaxed performances, there's audio described performances, there's BSL interpreted performances. Um, so if you go onto the Shoreditch Town Hall website, um, people can find the information for that. And then um, Manchester will be there from the 5th, the 6th and the 7th of October at the Contact Theatre. And again, I can't remember exactly the details, but there are... Um, there are, there's an audio described performance um, in Manchester as well, but all the information's online. Okay, okay. Social media, Fraser, uh, your own personal ones, if you're okay giving that out. Um, also the, um, the production team. Yes, so at Outbox Theatre is for the, the production. Um, at Fraser Fab is my social media. So that's Fraser, F-R-A-S-E-R-F-A-B. Um, and that, I guess that's a capital F-A-B, yeah? Because <laughs> it's my, no one believes me, but it's my initials. My initials are F-A-B. So, um, yes. Yeah. Well, when you were born, I guess it was known you were going to be fab. Fab by name, fab by nature. My mum knew. You knew. <laughs> she did. She did. Yeah. Fraser, thank you so much for taking time out of rehearsals and joining Shout Out to Break a Leg. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Have a lovely rest of your day. Take care. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Uh, I can cheat a verse and rise wow. like a phoenix. That's um, guess the year. Do you remember what year that was? 
Absolutely have no 2015? You're all close. <laughs> That'll be 14 or 16 then. 14. Yeah, 14. <laughs> 14. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. it doesn't feel that. Do you know what, do you know what country? Years, well. Do you remember what country it was? No. Um, oh, Trish. She's Austria. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Wow, I would not have got that on my starter for 10. No, as Matt to think, it's eight years old now, that track. That, yeah, I was, um, I'm glad I was sat down for that one. <laughs> it's uh, not often I feel old. But, uh, <laughs> I did briefly. <laughs> yeah, Still I the mean, best Bond track that never was, isn't it? Absolutely. I know. We, it's so funny you say that, too, because me and Ezra just saying that, yeah. it was like, that was made to be a Bond track, <laughs> but never was. But I think the Bond franchise always use British artists, don't they? Uh, no, because their last one was Billy Eilish. Oh, was it? Yes, right, okay. but I, they do tend to stick more to the Brits. we've had Adele, we've had Sam Smith. Yeah, um, both so of which are amazing. But didn't we have, we had, um, Jack, I want to say Jack Black, but it's, he's not called Jack Black. We had a really alternative uh, sort of emo rock singer do one of the Bond themes, which right. was really sort of, do you know who I'm talking about there, Terry? Well, I don't, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll leave that one to the listeners. <laughs> Tweet us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think they sort of generally tend to get, get the Brits in to do the tracks, but that would be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or even if she were to write a new one with somebody, um, but it would have to be yeah. that epic level. Yeah. It, I mean, we play two from Eurovision yes. tonight. I actually picked them because they're, they're nice sombre tracks and given what's going on in the UK at the moment you know it's a nice to tone it down and have something a bit lighter than the kind of dancey stuff we do but yeah. um Conchita Erst and um, Sam Smith uh, sorry Sam Smith Sam Ryder um, actually performed together a little duet on YouTube didn't they backstage they did. at uh, Eurovision if you haven't seen that on YouTube it's well worth uh, having a look at that one so yes and I was uh, just checking out uh, uh, Mr Sam Ryder's tour tickets availability oh yeah <laughs> and, and, and there, there are some, some. Yeah, there are yeah. some so if you want to go see Sam in person um, go and have a look because uh, he's doing a huge tour next year. I've mm. got a list of every single James Bond theme and who sung them. Well, I've just... Oh, okay. I've but also, we have no time. I've just done a googly <laughs> Google and it was... Uh, <laughs> you, you have like 20 seconds. It was Jack White. Jack I said White. Jack Black, the comedian oh, and right. singer, but it was Jack White, <laughs> the American musician from the White Stripes. Oh, a hard did one. The Living did Daylights. Oh, yeah. Yes. They're wow. not Brits. Yeah, they did. I remember. Mm. No. Oh, my goodness. Right, I'm going to have to listen to all of them now. Yeah. Well, I, me- I remember some of them. Just because, you know, you, I like the song. Like, I loved the Adele one. Me too. Um, Sing Out Bristol sung that on stage. And that was oh, wow. amazing he- hearing that. I can imagine a so. choir that would be quite powerful. Mm. Oh, Jack White did it with Alicia Keys. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was a really surreal choice, I thought. The Sam Ryder one was really good. He wrote it in something like about 30 minutes. It was uh, mad, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. sort, sort of thing Alton John does. So, anyway, uh, that is it for another week. Um, I'm off for a couple of weeks, um, so I'll be back in October, but I'm leaving you in the lovely safe hands of everyone else. Matthew will be here next week. And I'm here the week after, but if you want to hear us in between, check us out online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, so, Matt's in... I'm uh, sorry, my husband calling him Matty takes that. <laughs> Matthew is here next week looking at toxic masculinity in the theatre um, but from wow. myself from Ez from Steph and from Terry um, our condolences to the royal family but for now everyone say bye bye goodbye bye bye shout out LGBT radio for you